This is Reclaiming Yourself, brought to you with PhytologyHub.com. How we overcome fears, find our inner strength, and trust ourselves. Now here's your host, Suzanne Keatley. Welcome to Reclaiming Yourself podcast. I'm Suzanne Keatley, founder of Photology Hub, a women's strength training space based in Southeast London and working now with clients from around the globe. Today, I am chatting with Lizzie Edgerton, who lives in Scotland and trains with the wonderful Anula online once a week. Lizzie is 60, uh, works as a humanist celebrant, um, and I'm sure you'll agree with me um, after listening to Lizzie that Lizzie just exudes warmth, positivity, love and strength. And uh, that was one of the reasons I wanted to nab you and speak to you today, Lizzie. Um, so, yeah, it was nearly a year ago. I wrote the date down. The 1st of May 2021, we had our consultation over Zoom, <laughs> which involved, uh, yeah, just a chat really about you. And uh, I think maybe if we chat about who you were before you started strength training. A year, gosh, it doesn't seem like that long. I was chatting to Anula last time we trained and we were both like, I think it's about a year. Very surprising. Mm. It's flown by. It's wonderful. Um, so who was I before I started uh, with Photology Hub? I was just slowly getting more and more unhealthy and COVID lockdowns didn't really help that. Before the first lockdown, um, I was quite active, you know, out walking the dogs. My husband worked away, um, I did lots of things in the week, saw people, went out and then everything just sort of well, everything literally, didn't it? Shut down. So I stopped going places apart from obviously still walking the dogs. I was getting um, much fatter, making bad food choices, not doing any exercise. No excuse for it, really. My daughter's a yoga teacher and she used to try and do stuff online with me, but I avoid doing that. And then um, mm. I was following the wonderful Helen Thorne on Instagram. <laughs> And I saw how she was coming out of a divorce and wasn't, by her own admission, in a great place. And she started training with you. And I thought, gosh, I mean, I love her. She's hilarious and she's such a lovely person. And I thought, if somebody can turn themselves around like that, um, I can do it. So I got in touch with you and that's what we're doing, turning me around. You know, I'm trying to listen more to my body. Though sometimes... My body just says, look, you're old and you want a pizza. But um, I'm tuning into that more and more. We hear that a lot when people come to speak to us and that feeling of like, oh, there's just no excuse for it. I just need to get up and get on with it. And actually, there's just lots of excuses, isn't there? And there's lots of reasons and our bodies are built and designed. Yeah, I think sometimes to trick us into yeah, believing we're lazy or that we don't have the energy. And, and it's true, isn't it? It's true of mon monthly hormonal cycles. It's true of menopause. It's true of a lot of things that there's a lot of reasons and just unearthing some of those, which I guess you've probably been doing over the last year, unearthing some of the reasons. As you said in the intro, I'm 60. And so my um, learned behaviours go back a long time. I mean, for example, mm. I hated pee at school. I hated games and PE and that really probably stems from um I'm old enough that uh, we did PE in our knickers and vests knickers <laughs> it wouldn't be allowed now pretty shocking <laughs> yeah. isn't it 
Where were you at that point in life? Because you're in Scotland now. I was in a little village in Yorkshire, in between Scarborough and Filey. Um, and I was in a very small village school. And um, my mum died when, when I was just seven, like literally that month that I was seven. Mm. And um, my dad was left to look after four girls. And he didn't have... He, he provided for us, but he wasn't very good on the emotional support because he just couldn't really cope with it himself. So anything like yeah. periods or pants or anything that was to do with that side of it, he I just didn't have any idea. And there was a woman in the village who had a daughter about my age and I used to get all her cast-offs and they were fucking horrible. <laughs> Um, really dowdy, horrible clothes and pants. And the pants were these huge navy blue bloomers. And so when we got the student teacher at school and he started doing PE with us and he told us all to get into our vest and pants, I was not mortified. These pants were huge. Everybody else had these nice little, you know, pants with frills on and mine were just these huge bloomers. So I think that started off my hatred of... PE. Was it a mixed school? Yes, mixed school. So there's the yeah. boys in their vest yeah. pants and the girls in their pretty pants and me in big, horrible pants. So I dreaded PE every, every time and it didn't matter what we were doing. I hated, just hated it. And then I went to secondary school and the PE teacher was an absolute cow. And I was already by this time a little bit chubby. Um, we ran the village shop and I used to come home from school um, after our mum had died and stand in the stockroom just mainlining crisps and chocolate bars. It's my sort mm. of comfort thing, I suppose. Yeah, and all the emotional stuff. Exactly. It was the late 60s, early 70s, and children didn't get any help with grief. You just sort of got on with it. Also, it was perfectly acceptable for other people to comment on your size and grab your cheeks and or your fat knees and... So then started my bad relationship with how I felt about my body. Thanks, everybody. Um, And then a bad relationship with food. And I used to get the school bus um, to secondary school with uh, my my co-pilot was Hilary Leonard. If you're out there, Hilary, if that's even your name anymore. We worked out that Cadbury's cream eggs had 177 calories in them. So you could eat five a day and be coming in around about a thousand calories so years of dieting years of dieting no exercise hated it hated it Uh, and then I hit my 40s and I was in a relationship with a man I absolutely adored we'd been going out for about I don't know five years ah worshipped him and he turned to me one day and he said if you get any fatter I won't fancy you Lizzie. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? So then I just went bonkers. I went completely obsessed with food. I was at the gym every day. Still hated it, but I did it. And I went from being massive at five foot six, a massive 10 stone six, to being so thin that I couldn't wear high street clothes anymore. I couldn't get anything in a size that fitted me and I looked awful Mm. and it completely took my life you know we'd get an invitation out for dinner and I'd be thinking oh god I can't go what am I going to eat or if it was to a restaurant looking ahead at the menu and seeing what the least damage I was going to do to myself by having water and 
fish, no vegetables, mm. no carbohydrates. And um, I spent 10 years doing that. Um, 10 years. And we had our school reunion and nobody recognised me. Nobody recognised me. I was standing next to uh, uh, a man who I was at school with when he was a boy, obviously. And he said, oh, it's a real shame that Lizzie never made it. She was a right laugh. And I said, Neville, it's me. And he was like, what? I don't believe it. You can't be. And the girls in my class, nobody recognised me. It was incredible. And also, nobody recognised the the character Lizzie, right? Like you'd obviously, that Lizzie who's a right laugh probably wasn't really in the room, really enjoying herself. I was a completely different person. I was obsessed with how I looked, with what I ate, with every... I knew with the calorific value of everything. Um, And it was... uh, I was still in a relationship with this man, but I was working from home and... I'd gone down to the kitchen, the office was upstairs, I'd gone down to the kitchen to get a drink or something and the phone was ringing upstairs so I was legging it up the stairs, picked up the receiver and it was somebody phoning the work call and this man said, oh, oh, I thought there was nobody there and I just had this revelation, actually, there is nobody here. (gasps) There is nobody here. This isn't me. I'm punishing myself physically and mentally to be something that somebody else wants me to be. Did you have people around you at that point talking to you and trying to tell you what was going on? Well, maybe if they were, I thought they're just jealous because I'm thin and Mm. I look great and I've got um, lovely biceps and I can wear anything I like and I look fantastic. That's not who I am, though. I'm not that shallow. And I think if anybody was trying to talk to me, I was either blocking it out thinking they were just envious. But the majority of people just said, wow, you look amazing. Because, I mean, yeah. it looked good. Okay, and, they, and there it is, good. right? That's the reward. That's what people will say. And I think we need to just step back when we do meet people or see people and just check in with our compliments because quite often it is when we've lost weight or look skinny. <laughs> And actually, yeah, just looking at people's faces and checking in how they are and if they're happy and what's going on with life, perhaps. I mean, I'm not, that, not saying that I was happy when I was overweight pre- before that, but I was living a life and I wasn't, you know, although I was constantly on a diet of some sort, um, I wasn't big. It was just that man's perception of how he wanted me to yeah. look that, that horrified me because... Like I said, I was five foot six and ten and a half stone thereabouts, and that's not big by anybody's standards. Mm. And I went down to less than eight stone, which was, I just looked cadaverous. It was horrible. And it was the obsession. And I, you know, I was either on something stupid like the lighter life diet, you know, liquid shakes and things, or just not really eating anything. Anyway, that, like I said, that relationship ended and I met this wonderful man who I'm with now who loves me for who I am, whether I'm this size or um, smaller or bigger. He doesn't actually care, which is mm. lovely. And so I did put weight back on and we enjoy our life and we moved to the beautiful Scottish borders um, five years ago. Then, you know, that brought me round to... Last year, finding phytology. And what I've learned, what phytologists taught me, what Anula's taught me, 
is that you don't have to be extreme. You just have to be consistent. And that's been like, boom. Why didn't somebody tell me that 20 years ago? And yeah, we, we, we train once a week and it's realistic and it's sustainable. And I mean, I, got, I went from the point of <laughs> squatting down in the supermarket to get something off the bottom shelf and having to crawl back up the shelves to stand up. I couldn't stand up from a squatting position without assistance. So yeah. when we went on our beach walks, I couldn't walk over the rocks because I just couldn't pull myself up. I couldn't do the equivalent of putting my foot on a chair and standing up on it. And um, that's what I wanted to change. I didn't want to have a honed body um, and look a particular way. I just wanted to be able to do all the things physically that I had been doing and had stopped doing through lockdown. Yeah, and I remember a year ago when we had that conversation, you were talking about your job and you were saying how you wanted to be able to climb to the top of a mountain and marry two people without yeah being out of breath and just feeling confident and feeling great um can you do that now <laughs> i'm doing it a week on saturday in, yes. on sky uh, on sky and i'm marrying a lovely Yay. couple we've had to put their wedding off three times because of covid and yep we're climbing up a mountain and i'm going to have enough breath when i get to the top to marry them which is wonderful because humanist marriages are legal in Scotland, so mm. you don't have to go to the registry office and do all that because I can do it for you. So there's just five of us climbing a mountain with their dog Shuggy and we'll, we'll <laughs> walk back down it and they'll be married, which is wonderful. Are you scared about that or are you kind of looking forward to that as a challenge? I've been practising and I'm not scared because uh, for me that marks exactly what I said I wanted to do a year ago and here I am. Um, yeah, it's actually going to be a year to the day because they're getting married. It is. Yeah. How weird is that? It's amazing. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not running up the mountain. I'm, I'm walking up it. But um, that's a huge achievement for me because this time last year, I, I couldn't get up from getting the milk out the fridge, you know, without hanging on the counter. So, yeah, it's brilliant. And Anula's amazing. And she... I think I spend an hour with her every Tuesday morning and it's the only time of the week I hear so much praise. I get praised so much. It's like, <laughs> good, good rep, good job. That was great. And it's like, this is like wonderful for my soul because yeah. um, whenever you hear so much encouragement and, and praise, she always tells me when I've done it badly too. She's not just blowing smoke up. <laughs> I'm sure. For the record here, um, Anula, yeah, Anula's been a, a coach with Photology Hub for over five years and she's moved to Athens. So you get to go online and be with Anula while she's in Athens. You're in Scotland. Yeah, we show, shining. The, I show her the view from my window and she shows me the view from her window. Um, and yeah, it's really good. And um, I was a bit sceptical about whether training online was going to work for me because previously when I was in my obsessive state, gone to the gym. Hated going to the gym because it was full of grunting men who never put the equipment back and didn't reset the heavy weight down and didn't wipe the machines down. And, you know, it, 
MTVs on all day and it was just like ah, putting myself through this um so I didn't want to go back to a gym and then I like I said found Helen Thorne and so she was training with your space but I thought if I was there I would so go to that space because everybody looked so friendly and welcoming and it looked fun um so yeah I wasn't sure how it was going to work with Anula but I love it I love it she started me very gradually we do great warm-up I was not very well after Christmas and I had a bad chest infection and we didn't cancel, well, we cancelled one session, but we didn't cancel the others because just Anula understanding me and knowing me and knowing what I'm capable of and seeing that I wasn't very well, we spent the sessions stretching, moving. Even when I was poorly, I felt so much better for doing that. You know, she said, try this. If that's not working, we'll try that just the flexibility to not stop something just because you don't feel well but not to be unrealistic about what you can do and um, i really think that i got better quicker by doing that there's the physical aspect of that isn't there like you just needed to move to maintain at that point when you're not well um but also the kind of the sheer process of coming online having a conversation with somebody who's not in your head um, not your partner, not the people that you see on a daily basis, but somebody else that's in your corner that's, you know, rooting for you and, yeah, giving you all that kind of positive praise that we deserve and that we need to remind ourselves, right? Because pretty much the majority of people that I meet through the hub, like there'll be a lot of us that are pretty hard on ourselves. And so to be reminded of all the positive things is quite a nice weekly routine as well right absolutely and I think as well that really fits in with my sort of journey with humanism because it's just basically the idea that we believe we just have this one life and we should live it well and be kind and tolerant and respectful when I started my humanist journey I was thinking yeah, I'm all those things just not to me I'm not kind mm -hmm. to me and I'm not tolerant with me and that's really where you should start isn't it this whole, whole journey with, for the last sort of 10 years with humanism has been to try and be kind to myself. We'll come back to the being kind to yourself because that is brilliant and very interesting. Will you explain then the celebrant and the humanist part of that? You can be a celebrant and not a humanist, right? To, to legally marry people in Scotland, you've got to be affiliated to a belief body. Not, not a faith necessarily, a belief body. So humanism okay. comes under the belief body uh, thing. So you can't just be um, a celebrant if you're not connected to um, or authorised by one of those bodies. So I work with the Humanist Society of Scotland. I do not just weddings, but naming ceremonies, not just for babies, but maybe older people who want to change their name or transgender people who want to have a different name or uh, adoptions. I also do funerals, but the legal, the, the only one of the ceremonies that is a legal requirement is a, is a, is a marriage. So we are authorised okay. by the Registrar General of Scotland to legally marry people. You don't have to be a humanist to be married by a humanist, but then humanist weddings in Scotland are more and more popular now because people don't necessarily want to be, they, they don't believe in a god or a deity and they want to have the freedom to have exactly what they want for their ceremony. So unlike going to the registry office where it suits a lot of people, but um, you are pretty much in and out with 
the same words said. For a humanist wedding, you can do whatever you like. The only, the only things we have to do is you have to say some legal vows, I have to pronounce you married, and we have to sign the marriage schedule. But um, other than that, we can have it wherever you like, because they're up a mountain next week. Um, mm. I've done them in people's kitchens in their pajamas. Um, people, <laughs> can do people can do whatever they want. Um, it could be as long or as short as they want. And it's absolutely a huge privilege and an honour spending time getting to know people and working with them to create their ceremony because it's the start of their next step of their journey together and we make it exactly how they want it to be. So I'm working with a lovely couple who are marrying um, in May and we've just put some funnies into their ceremony. Their friends are going to find it amusing. You know, it's not that people are sitting there thinking, when does the bar open? Because the party's already <laughs> yeah. started. The party started. Fantastic. Yeah, and that was my question, was that you must get to meet some brilliant people who are going through, like, probably the best time in their lives, right? And you get to be part of that. It's such an honour. And, you know, I, mean, I, I married a couple a few weeks ago and they'd had a, a very hard time. Both his parents had died in the last year and it was a very poignant ceremony because his parents weren't able to be there. But um, mm. we acknowledge them and work that into the script as well. So it can be, he wanted, he wanted that in the ceremony because he wanted to acknowledge that they weren't there. The, the joy of a humanist wedding is that you can do whatever you want. Be totally yours. Going back to the physical, are you doing yoga now? Uh, no, I'm not. As your daughter. Um, <laughs> but um, I'd been at the stage before where, where whenever I'd done anything with fitness, I'd been too extreme. And that's mm. just not really sustainable and puts you in a bad place, I think. Anula's thing was just be consistent and we talked about my steps and how many I did and she just said right just do 500 more a day till I see you next and then do 500 more yeah. and we built those up from from pretty much nothing sitting around all day during lockdown working from home. Yeah you were talking about the dogs and how at one time you would have gone for longer distance walks with the dog and that had kind of reduced the dogs and that had reduced over time and so have you used that to to build back up as that part of the 500 that it's become this hobby that you do on a daily basis anyway and therefore more sustainable when coronavirus first first hit because um i have asthma i, I was terrified terrified to go anywhere do anything even terrified to go to the gate because mm. somebody might have touched it and that you know we didn't know how transmissible it was and my sister actually died of it um oh a bit later in, in the month when i spoke to you yeah oh, wow this was part of my uh, the other reason for doing something was that i'd seen her over the years she was four years older than me uh i'd seen her deteriorate she was never very active and then about 10 years ago she had a fall and broke her foot and just didn't ever really recover from that and didn't do the exercises she'd been given. And so by the time she was my age last year, she was walking with a, a frame. 
And that's a ridiculous way to let yourself get when you're in your late 50s, because that's no age at all. Yeah. Um, And I didn't want that to happen to me. When coronavirus first hit, the dogs got short shrift with walks, but I've built that back up again now. So now most days um, I hit round about 10,000 steps, which could have been as low as 2,000 pre Phytology pre Anula pre deciding that I needed to do something about it. And ten thousand isn't a huge amount. I know it's the average that you should be doing, but it feels good. It's a nice amount, isn't it? And it's there's no should or shouldn't, and it depends completely on the person. And I think um, you are almost doing exactly what we would say to even members here. Like most of our members will train with us once or twice a week, and that's their kind of strength ticked off in their week and it is about that consistency and building in the structure into your week so that it's like I am training on the Monday night and that's the priority and even when you're planning holidays and things like that 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 we try and kind of stick to that plan and then obviously if we need to make changes we make changes Um, but then building up the other side of things like the walking or the yoga or you know the other things that we used to love doing and being able to have the confidence to step back into those. And again, yeah, to try and make this stuff sustainable because we want to be strong in our 60s and 70s and 80s, don't we? And stay doing this stuff and stay climbing those mountains. I think you take your physical fitness for granted um, when you just have it and it's an everyday Mm. thing that is just there. Then when you're ill or it goes... um, I just realised last year that if I didn't start doing something, I was going to get worse. You know, I had a pain in my hip and that's all gone now. It's all gone. It was just sitting doing nothing that was not moving. Like I said, I didn't know whether training online would work. I didn't Mm. know how that would work when someone's not physically in the room. But it does. It does. And... I'm also accountable. So for that one hour each week, I'm accountable to somebody. And she's brilliant at knowing just how much to progress me without me feeling that was horrible. Um, So I enjoy the sessions and I enjoy seeing the changes and I enjoy feeling stronger and feeling how I think I should be feeling at 60 and not hobbling around if I've been sitting in the car for too long because I've my body's frozen up, you know, my, my limbs move and everything works and it's just as it should be. Two questions. How is your relationship with food now? And to kind of feed into that, is the kind of physical strength and the work you do on a weekly basis feeding into those relationships around food and eating and self? I don't think I'll ever have a healthy relationship with food because all that dieting when I was younger pretty much buggered up my metabolism. I do have to be careful. I can't just eat like normal people eat because um, I just get very big. But my relationship with what I eat now is much healthier. I eat healthy food and I also follow the lovely Amber um, and get good ideas about what's nutritious and what's delicious and I've been I've I joined her on one of the webinars as well which was really useful Brilliant. Um, I do still have that fear of certain foods and worry about eating certain things and I'd like to be free of that 
Mm. However many years I've got left, I'd like to just have a normal relationship with food. Yeah, and it's tapping into that stuff little by little when you're ready to do it the same as your exercise stuff like it's that consistency isn't it and and the building blocks that come with it and you know 12 months feels like a bit of a time but also it's no time at all really considering you know the lifetime of losing your mom when you were seven and then having you know the kind of food and the dieting a lot of that linked to that and then your PE experience I mean it's 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 quite a a hefty sum of experience and life isn't it to then to then unravel and 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 so there's no hurry basically I think is what I'm what I'm saying it's little by little we're rebuilding ourselves right it's taken a year to undo a lifetime of bad experiences with exercise I hated it I Mm. hated it hated the thought of it And I was still convinced I was going to hate it. But, you know, I just say to anybody who has that bad relationship with exercise, do this because I love it. I'm not obsessed with it like I was when I was 40. I was obsessed with it when I was 40 and still hated it. Now I enjoy it. I enjoy that time. I love working with Anula. Um, I feel stronger. I notice I'm stronger. Um, I notice I'm fitter. Um, and it's just a great feeling. And if I could get to that same space with my relationship with food, that would be great. But like you said, it's it's undoing a lifetime of bad habits and bad mm. experiences. Lizzie, do you need any equipment? And have you purchased any equipment in your house since starting training? Well, I already had a yoga mat from my shirking <laughs> um, yoga with my daughter. Um, I... <laughs> I bought bought a kettlebell, which is so versatile. Um, It's eight kilos. I'm about at the stage now where Anula and I decide I need to buy a slightly heavier one. (laughs) My husband, it's got eight kilos written on the side of it. My husband thinks it's hilarious to keep saying, how much does that weigh? (laughs) I have two five kilo weights and some ones, but the ones are pretty redundant now. Yes. But when I started out with the ones, they were about as much as I could get over my head. Right. And now the fives go up easily. Which it's great to see little things like that, you know. Yeah. I do need to invest in some slightly heavier weights. Um, I have some resistance bands which we use, but a lot of the exercises we do are just based on my own body weight being the mm. resistance. We use chairs and cookery books and all sorts of things <laughs> as steps. And yeah, you don't need expensive, or you don't need much. I've worked really well with just buying an eight kilo kettlebell two five kilo weights and and the ones that's done as fine for the year um yeah we just need I just need to perhaps invest in some slightly heavier ones now I had a little nose on your Instagram before our chat um and I came up with three things maybe four I'm my top things were fabulous looking gray hair defender do you have a defender <laughs> sitting in your... I love my defender. Yeah. So for those that don't have a clue, go and look up defender, but it's a Land Rover, right? I think living in Scotland and driving a defender pretty much go hand in hand. I got my defender um, the year after we moved here and always wanted one. I it, absolutely love it. And I feel so boss when I'm driving it. <laughs> it looks awesome. Um, and you don't get any shit off people when you're driving a defender yep. either. 
You know, I mean, I don't know how you find driving as a woman. We have a, a an ordinary state car as well, and if if my husband's driving and he makes an error at a roundabout or something, a bloke will just like go, eh, you know. If a woman's driving and you make a mistake at a roundabout, a bloke in another car will be going, what the fuck, you stupid cow? Honestly. What are you doing? Yeah. But you don't get any shit in a Defender. My hair started to go grey when I was in my 30s and I just dyed it week after week after week and not only was it expensive but you know it was very time consuming and then about six years ago I just thought oh fuck it I'll let it grow out I'm very happy and very lucky that it's a nice colour it's very cool yeah I do get stopped and asked about my hair awesome um yeah I'm gonna go back to the driving because I'm quite a um not vicious anymore because I've got son who's four and he's now in the car and Amber's told me I had to I have to calm down but for that very reason that you've just said around the the treatment that you get as a as a woman it's the one thing in life that I'm very confident that I'm a very good driver so anytime I get shit from anybody I honestly I lose my rag and when I was pregnant was my most vicious time I think I chased there's a guy driving by me in a jeep and he passed me on a London road like unnecessary and I did actually chase him down on the road and I was peeping <laughs> I'm raging raging I blame the hormones so and London is a is a classic it's not as bad as it used to be but you, yeah vicious <laughs> driving the other thing I noticed is your very cool studded hunter wellies. <laughs> so you drive around. I stole them from my daughter. They were her festival. They were hunter festival wellies when she used to go to festivals back in the day, and I, I stole them for Scotland. Banging, they're great. But you know, I mean, you you often you often do, you often get called upon to do a wedding in a muddy field, and they're perfect. No, that was me trying to kind of sum up a picture of you because, well, I'll, I'll get a picture up on social media, but I think, um, yeah, a fabulous grey-haired woman that drives around in her Defender with her studded wellies on and does strength training and is really strong. Amazing. Yeah, well, it's thanks to you and what you do and your concept and making that all accessible to me in a way I just didn't think that it would be. I, I would have rather put my leg in a liquidizer than joined again. And um, yes, there are lots of online training that you can access via YouTube or whatever, but do you do it? No, you don't. You need to be accountable to someone. And I love her and I trust her. And she's just been amazing. Um, and I, if anything happened and... Uh, I couldn't train with her again. I know there'd be somebody that you'd find me somebody else, but I would miss her so much Mm. because she's just a wonderful human being and we talk a lot of politics as well. (laughs) Oh no, um, not with Anula. (laughs) It's a good good relationship. And that's the thing, isn't it? I guess that those sessions, you end up chatting and nattering about all sorts from poo to boobs to politics to weights and uh, yeah the list is never ending and it's it's lovely to be that free and that like being able to speak to people that are on the same wavelength obviously we have a professional relationship but I would also say Mm. she's uh, a good friend and she is brilliant at what she does and she's made something I hated become something that I really love and look forward to and yes like you said before a year might seem a long time but that's undoing 59 years of being in a bad place with exercise and hating it to really loving what we do. 
and seeing progress you know she'll say to me look you know eight weeks ago you couldn't do that and that's a great feeling especially as you get older being able to do things not losing things but gaining things it's difficult to put into words how exciting and liberating and joyous it is to be able to do things that I couldn't do a year before and would have just got worse if I hadn't found you. It's just a, a wonderful gift to think, I can squat down now and stand up. Yay me. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> Helen Thorne. <laughs> it really is a gift. Ooh, it sounds like I'm you know, blowing smoke up your skirt now, doesn't it? But it is a gift that you have given me. That's lovely. And I think what you're describing is that idea that people will find if this in different ways. Um, you know, I'm delighted that people come to us and they find that through strength training. And then, yeah, like your world just opens up then to other other things. Um, other people will enter into this with, you know, different kind of strategies, right? Different activities. And um, we know we need strength training. It's It's part of what our body is capable of. It's what our body and mind needs. Um, and it's something that, you know, I guess historically we just did, but we live a life now that strength and picking heavy things up is just not necessary because we've made this very comfortable t- life for ourselves. So we have to be more purposeful about it. And yeah, it's very cool to be able to have a, a space that offers that to people. So thank you, Lizzie. It is the gift that just keeps on giving because um, we're lucky enough to have a, a lovely garden here and I can do things in the garden now that I couldn't do a year ago. We had a lot of damage with Storm Arwen, but there we were out there sawing up trees, <laughs> lifting logs, moving stuff. And before, a year before, I'd have said, let's just get a fella in to do that. But now we were shifting stuff ourselves. And so it's just like, I couldn't do this a year ago. It's amazing. And I think that was really wonderful that you reminded me that it was a year and I said I'd like to be able to climb a mountain and marry people and a year to the day, that is exactly what I shall be doing. Will you send me a photograph from the top of the mountain, please? I will indeed. Lizzie, thank you so much. It's been really lovely talking to you. And on the at the end of April or the start of May next year, let's get online again. That'll be lovely. And it's been lovely talking to you and... Um, you know, I've said it, but I'll say it again. I can't thank you enough for space you've created and the enormous change it's made to my life. And I'm going to go away now and set myself another wee milestone for this time next year. If you get to London at any point, you come and visit us as well. You won't be able to keep me away. Plus, I want to see your lovely son. He's the most gorgeous creature. <laughs> thank um, you. And I just want to do that with his curls he will keep his curls they're going nowhere thank you so much lizzie my pleasure reclaiming yourself the podcast brought to you with phytologyhub.com if you enjoyed the conversations please use your podcast app to follow or subscribe for free